Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues. We're in Longmont, Colorado. And our guest today is Greg Hansen and the Djembe Orchestra of Colorado. And we're going to talk about that and about a, a duo called Scanson and Hansen. Scans- Scanson. I couldn't read my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, I got to do this first. And this is mainly for the women, but it's not exclusively for women. You don't need big promises. You need results, right? Well, Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain unnecessary ingredients that may cause you further skin issues. Specifically formulated, this retinol moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, making the skin appear younger, softer, and smoother. Powerful combinations of antioxidants like vitamin A, C, B5, and E fight premature aging by blocking DNA-damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. It contains natural ingredients like aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, and sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin conditions. Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer at simplebeautyskincare.com. It simply works. So Greg Hansen and his djembe orchestra, I can't wait to get into this. Tell me about a djembe orchestra and how that came about, how you came about, how this whole thing happened. And let's just start with that. And then we'll get into your personal background a little bit later on. But let's hear about this orchestra. All right. Well, djembe is a, a hand drum from West Africa. It's uh, shaped like a goblet. It's made out of a, a log and has a goat skin on top. And uh, so I've, I've been teaching people. Or I started learning how to play djembe back about 20 years ago actually about 25 years ago now after playing guitar for 30 years and uh and well, we, can get, we can get into that later how that all transitioned but my djembe orchestras are exactly that they're made up of 20 to 50 people and they're all my students and i do arrangements of popular songs as well as some original but mostly uh, uh my main thing is arranging music i love to arrange no matter what the instruments are and so I've arranged Grateful Dead, The Beatles, Stevie Wonder, such classics as by them, into these orchestras with anywhere from 20 to 50 people with uh, vocals and otherwise. Is the djembe the only instrument that's played? Yeah, the djembe hand drum is the bulk of the instruments. I also have uh, what are called Junjun drums, spelled D-J-U-N, okay. uh, from West Africa as well. And that's the, the base end of our orchestra. They're the big log drums that are played with sticks. Okay. And they, like I said, they carry the bottom end and the djembes are like the guitars or the mm-hmm. uh, harmony instruments. And I, and I look at uh, my arrangements that way. I look at a rhythm on a drum like I look at a chord on a guitar or a piano. Okay. So And so I arrange my songs that way. Because there are different, I guess, different textures, different skins, different sizes that will give you a different tone of your different djembe. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the drum has three notes. Each of uh, the, the Junjun drums and the djembe drums, I'll have a bass and then what's called a tone in the middle and then a slap, a higher note uh, on top of that, but not really higher in pitch because the djembe is actually doesn't have a pitch, which makes it kind of perfect Oh, okay. for singing, for playing with, with any, any instrument, any melody instrument. 
Now, see, I remember the djembe because that I call it the the precursor to the cajon. Okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. There you go. That's good. That's great. I mean, and because we're close to the same age, and back in our era, it wouldn't be unusual for somebody to break out a djembe at a party. You know, we're sitting around right. listening or bongo drums. You know, right? Was bongo oh. drums, then the djembe, and now it's the cajon. Now everybody's got a cajon. It's that, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, and and of course, Grateful Dead parking lot drum circles. Absolutely, I was just right. And all the drum, circles. drum circles. That's where that all started with a guy named Arthur Hull out in San Francisco. No kidding, I didn't. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Way back in the sixties. Yeah, he's. We call him like the father of the community drum circle. No, here okay. in America. Yeah. yeah. When I grew up in St. Louis, there's a, a several music hotspots, and one is the University Loop. It's by uh, Chuck Berry's place on uh -huh. Delmar. And I remember one of the first times I ever experienced a drum circle. It was a Saturday afternoon. I'm just driving down Delmar and I'm just checking out all the venues and like, whoa, there were about, about 20 people just sitting around. There was one guitar. Uh, there was a guy that was playing, uh, I want to say a paint bucket. Okay, but, sure. But everybody else had like bongos or djembes. And I was just mesmerized. Yeah, I pulled off, yeah. pulled off, stopped, walked back to see what it was, and I just stood there and watched these guys for like a half an hour, and they just boom. Yeah, just something about that. It's so connective, isn't it? It's very primal. I was going to ask that. Does it seem to be a primal energy that comes out of that? Absolutely, absolutely. It's always everybody's first reaction to it is like, God, it feels like this is something that that's just in my bones. That's just inherent to us. Isn't that amazing. And it, interestingly enough. Uh, I went to the Coco Center in St. Louis back oh, about really? 1997 for my first real uh, djembe workshop with a, a, a djembe a master named Mamadi Keita from uh, uh, West Africa. Well, be darned. Well, then you were right yeah. by. You were right by where because that was Coco's right in the University City area. It's in, it, like one end of it. Had you gone down right? Delmore, maybe maybe a half a mile uh -huh. at this area. And, and, you know, it's drum circles. They show up wherever. It's just the right. my first experience. But it was right yeah. down the street from Coca. How cool. I'll be darned. I'll be darned. Yeah. I was going to say, was that you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so who is in, like, we're going to hear a couple of songs, one or two songs from the orchestra. Or is the two songs we're going to hear from the orchestra, are they the same group or is it a different group and how does that break down actually the orchestra is going to be just one song i started off playing guitar i played guitar for 30 30 years before i ever picked up the drum and it was and as a result of a uh i had a carpal tunnel injury so i was not playing guitar mm -hmm. for a while and that's when the drum came my way and i started playing that in you know as a as something to play and just was enamored with it immediately just totally uh, uh, wanted to learn everything I could about it. And when I heard that drummer in, at Coca in St. Louis, he was, he really turned me on to the fact that this isn't just something to beat on. This is a musical instrument. There's, there's notes involved. There's actual, uh, uh, a whole system of scales and things. Yeah. I never knew that until I had drums. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You don't, just, you don't until you do that. Yeah. First, first time I played with what I would call a real drummer, not a drummer, right. a real drummer. <laughs> It was right. a, New a New Year's Eve party. I had a sound room set up at my house in, in St. Louis. And a uh, buddy of mine and I were jamming and we're waiting for this guy. He's always talked about what a drummer he is. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. He walked <laughs> in and he had a tuning key, like 
What's that? <laughs> right. <laughs> he starts going, he starts right. He goes, there we go. Because these drums are all out of tune. I'm like, I would know. I would not know. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, exactly, exactly, and 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 getting back to the djembe, that it, it is an instrument that doesn't have a pitch, so that's why it's perfect for playing with all pitched instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how do how do you get your talent? How do you select your talent? And do you have ever have to turn somebody away? Um, you know, I'm getting back to your question about the orchestras and and the sizes and all is is uh, I have two orchestras basically. Mm-hmm. One that's my A-list, li- a which are uh, my students that are, are definitely uh, more uh, motivated and put more time in and, you know, understand music, too. Because one thing to learn how to play an instrument and then to apply it to music, like learning a song, that's another whole agenda. Yeah. And so then my bigger orchestra, which has more like 40 or 50 plus people in it, are, are, is everybody is, can be included that are my students. So oh, I just cool. no, I I I include everybody. That's really cool. Somehow I, I'll gear the music to them if I have to. So I always tell everybody, everybody's got music in them. Somehow everybody will absolutely at least do this at their desk or something when they hear a song. It gets them moving. So, exactly. so tell me, when I first heard one eight hundred reggae, which would be the first song we're going to play here, immediately right. when I heard the dial, the phone thing, yeah, I immediately thought of a song by Pablo Cruz called "I Go to Rio." Oh, I know. I'm not familiar. I'm familiar with Pablo Cruz, not yeah. that song. No. Well, uh-huh. that particular song, it started out and it was a phone ringing. And this guy goes, he goes, hello, Pablo, I'm at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's underwater. And then goes, that's goes right into the song I go to Rio. So as soon as I pop this thing off, I hear this phone note. It's like, oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> so tell me about that song. It's so cool because it's a Western African drum and Western African influence on reggae. It's, you know, they, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, they sure do. Yeah. So let's talk about that song. Is that one you wrote yourself? Yep, that was one that I penned. Uh, it was about 1980 I wrote that song. And I had been, I just finished uh, spending 10 years, uh, the 70s, my 20s, going to college at North Texas State University oh, down in Denton, Texas, which uh, for, if you're not familiar with it, it's a big, it's got a very well-renowned jazz school, got an incredible wow. jazz department. And they uh, put in a jazz guitar department in the late 70s, which I went back to school and went through that whole no uh, as well by a man named Jack Peterson that uh, transferred from Berkeley up in Boston down to huh. North Texas to start that program. So I went through that program and I was just getting my, you know, feeling my oats. I'd already been playing in bands, but I really didn't know what I was doing. And I really wanted to know what I was doing on this instrument and all that. And so <laughs> I got all that together, you know, spent my eight hours a day getting my uh, reshaping my chops. I should say develop, um, developing them kind of period as I was a uh, two finger guitar player up until then, but I was really fast <laughs> <laughs> and I could play in bands. But anyway, after going through all of that, I, I really, I got way off into reggae and I played in, in, in a couple of reggae bands around the area, one band for about three years. And we toured around uh, all around the area, Arkansas to Tennessee to Texas. And, uh, and then that band ended and I wanted to start my own band. And this was one of my lead off tunes for starting my own band. Yeah. And, that was one of my first uh, my first little cassettes that I had for sale at my gigs was this the lead off tune and and all so it was kind of the song that got my whole project going which lasted about fifteen more years. 
it's a cool, fun song, but you know what reggae song isn't, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you put a little reggae in everything too. Oh my goodness! I, but this is one of those. I mean, there's some that's just like this, but this is fun. It's a fun. It's uplifting, and it's just you have it on, and you just just find yourself just moving around the room. It's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, let's give it a listen. The song is called One Eight Hundred Reggae, and it's with Greg Hansen and the Djembe Orchestra of Colorado. Oh, actually, Tom, this is going to be my band called Reggae Force. Oh, okay. I, I know I'm going to kind of, this is spanning like a 55-year period of time here. So I got you. Okay, so <laughs> that this was is... my, yeah, where I'm playing guitar. Okay. And, uh, but later in my career, I start arranging reggae music to the drums, where we'll evolve to that. Oh, okay. Well, let's give it a listen then. The song is called 1-800-REGGAE with Reggae Force and Greg Hansen.
1-800-REGGAE. And our guest today is Greg Hansen from Longmont, Colorado. We'll be back talking with Reg, Reg, Reggae, <laughs> Reggae Greg. Boy, try saying that one three times on a... <laughs> oh, just, just call me Greggae. <laughs> we'll be back talking with Reggae Greg, Greg Hansen. And we're going to talk about uh, his acoustic side. Right now, I want to talk about mandolins and specifically an octave mandolin. Joe Mendel's signature piece of art gives you that sweet tone that's somewhere between a mandolin and a guitar. It has that mandolin punch, but it also delivers that sustain, that range of a guitar. And he builds them to your specifications. You know, you might want an Adirondack top. You might prefer the Sitka. Maybe you like black walnut, mahogany, rosewood, maplewood. You select the wood. You select the style. And Joe will make it for you your very own octave mandolin, all in part flavor of their own tone. I call them Mendel's Mandos, the octave mandolin, available at joemendelsfrets.com. It seemed like a good segue to go from mandolins into your acoustic phase of your career, right? Playing acoustic guitar, were you doing your own thing for a while or what was that evolution? Okay, so when I met Darren Scanson, uh, I had just moved to Colorado from uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And I'd been in Memphis or in Tennessee in general, Nashville and Memphis for the last 10 years through the 90s. And when I first hit Colorado, I, I met some musicians, of course, immediately got into a musical project. And the, the didgeridoo player in our group 
was making a CD at the time. And he was making it at a studio in Denver uh, where Darren Scanson was actually the uh, uh, owner and the uh, engineer. And so we went down there to make a demo for our little group. And that's where I met Darren and we hit it off. And I was also actually playing Celtic music at the same time with a woman who played flute. And so we decided to go down and make a a CD at Darren's studio called CCM, uh, Colorado Creative Music Studios. And after that, after we made that a year later, we got through with that whole project. Darren approached me about uh, making a solo guitar CD. And so I ended up making three solo guitar CDs with him as my producer. And we started arranging music together. And then after several years of that, now we're up to about 2007, he had a string trio because he played classical guitar, flamenco and classical guitar as well as being a producer and engineer. And I played steel string acoustic and we got together. And my thing has always been arranging. Besides, I did quite a bit of original music in my reggae days, but I also arranged a lot of popular music into reggae style which I, I got that from, the, you know, they'd been doing that in Jamaica for years. I heard, right. uh, who was it? Peter Tosh did this beautiful version of Johnny Be Good in a minor key. Oh, wow. Oh, man, it was so awesome. And I just heard Ziggy Marley do Blowing in the Wind in a minor key. That's so cool. Just recently, like a, a few months ago on, on video. Anyway, they had this really... Uh, uh, awesome style of, of uh, adding reggae to whatever others other style was being played. And so I picked up on that. And, and then I just, uh, after I got done playing reggae, I played Celtic music for many years, as I just said. And then Darren was also doing that with his classical flamenco. He would take class, uh, classical tunes and kind of arrange them into his style of classical playing. And so we got together and we started doing that with all kinds of popular tunes. And we started off with, we did uh, Shenandoah and then uh, uh, we did, had someone hired us to make an arrangement of that. And we did uh, Scarborough Fair. And then we got around to All You Need Is Love. And I was going to make my own CD and he was going to do his own CD. And we went like, no, let's just start it, right? Just do it we started putting our own CD together at that point. And that was our leadoff tune for what became about a 15 year career for us. No kidding. Wow. How, uh, how far did you take it? Did you just stay in Colorado? Did you travel the country? Did you travel the world? What did you, do? Uh, you know, <laughs> our main gig, we mainly traveled through, we, we did uh, surrounding States, but mainly Colorado, but mm-hmm. we didn't do gigs like you'd normally think of gigs, especially a lot of you out there listening here. And this kind of freaked me out at first. He put me to work in a shopping mall. <laughs> Playing guitar and selling CDs eight hours a day. (laughs) So anyway, that's what we did. We played uh, in the summertime. We'd go outdoors and play art art shows. You know, all the white tents, the Uh white chairs. We'd go play a fine art show and sell CDs. And we sold thousands of CDs, let me tell you. Didn't really gain much of an audience because most everybody was from out of state or out of town. (laughs) a lot of tourist type events but uh but we like i said we sold a lot of cds and that that was our gig for many many years i'm a sucker for that stuff man i go to we go to the art fair we go to the book fair we go to the farmer's market whatever and if somebody's selling native american music Ah, native american music just gets me and if i hear the it's usually a flute yeah or or a flute like woodwind instrument 
right it's solo and it's soft and it's mellow and it just transports you to that place right. you know it's, yep i'm stuck i gotta buy yeah, i'm with you and we we had the same uh uh we, we were instrumental we didn't sing so also uh, it was perfect background music and all songs that were recognizable what do you think is your your baby your your most creative arrangement of someone else i call it i call it opm other people's music okay. <laughs> other people's music right <laughs> we used to call those opcs back in high school yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh boy you know we had we put out six cds i think our version of michelle by the beatles was one of our we took a french girl and put her in, and sent her to spain we did a flamenco version of michelle oh, wow that I can't was, wait to hear that. One of my, we went to Abbey Road, actually. We took a field trip and went to Abbey Road and recorded our, our Beatles CD. How fun. So, uh, how, so I mean, that, that's part of our repertoire. And yeah, we, we had six CDs we, we compiled over the over the 12 years that we played. Are you and Darren still in touch? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, we just played our last gig, our last live gig in uh, okay. May. Yep. Memorial Day weekend. What'd you do? Uh, we played this place up in uh, Lafayette near Longmont. That's called Nisi's. That's a wonderful venue. It's a it's a huge. It's a pretty big size club, but yet it's a listening room. People uh -huh. go there to sit and listen, like like in Nashville, right? Like wow. the, any place in Nashville, it's like every place is like the library. But uh, so it was a wonderful room. We could do what we do. You know, it was a Sunday night time of gig, but we always cut, packed a couple hundred people in there and, and did so our last gig there. It was that's wonderful. So what uh, what do you do now? Well, I'm I'm just doing my djembe thing now. Djembe thing. The djembe thing came along in the late '90s, and I've been doing that all along because it's been my day gig, Tom. It's oh, been, really? I teach because I teach it. Yeah. And I've made most of my living in the music business teaching, not really performing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, teaching's been my my main, and I didn't teach guitar, but I uh, but teaching djembe drum has been a, a very lucrative as well as uh, financially as well as musically. That's so cool. Well, let's talk about that after we hear All You Need Is Love. This okay. Is Scanson and Hanson and All You Need Is Love.
every time I hear that song, I want the horns. Ba 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 ba. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you guys did such a great, tasteful job of that. We're with Greg Hansen. That was all you need is love with uh, Scanson and Hansen, his, I guess, arranging partner. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Djembe Orchestra here in just a moment. But we were earlier talking about jazz. And back in 1999, Jazz Generation started these three programs that promote live jazz as both an art form and a performing arts device as a cultural asset for New York City. They're the JDP, the Jazz Discovery Program, the JSYO, it's the Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra, and since 2014, Keyed Up, KU, an anti-poverty program offering services that support professional jazz artists and their performing careers while revitalizing local businesses. All these programs are intended to develop a whole new generation of public audiences and performances. Keyed Up is the most recent program. Like I said, it started in 2014. They would go rescue pianos that were destined for the dumpsters. They'd position these in the smaller venues, kind of like what what Greg was talking about, uh, like a speakeasy or a bookstore or something like that, known more for their hospitality. Then they would ask the venue to chip in what they could. And then Jazz Generation would cover the rest in terms of paying their artists. It's such a cool idea. And it helps promote jazz in the New York City area. We urge you to check them out. It's www.jazzgeneration.org. I can never play jazz. I love jazz. I'm in Vermont in in the summertime. And we go hear jazz every Thursday night. Although now we're skewing away from our thursday night thing getting into a wednesday night thing because there's a latin yeah. jazz at, ah. at at the burlington hotel or hotel burlington whatever oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah. yeah really really cool cool stuff man yeah, yeah. really great so so you no, know, I'm, 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 I'm like you you know i studied jazz i even played it for a bit but i more like i more enjoy listening to it than playing it mm-hmm. and and really i do I, I don't enjoy playing it that much uh but I love listening to it. And because I studied it, I, I had I had can listen to it with, with a third ear. It's really weird, but I have a hard time listening to it recorded. Mm. I I gotta go and see it played. I've listened to jazz and I've listened to jazz in the background, but it becomes background music. And to me, jazz is yeah. something you're a part of. Yeah, you know? true. And and yeah. you gotta be there to be a part of that. I I, I don't have that device in me. That lets right. me transport <laughs> myself to a live setting, unless I'm at that live setting. Not to take away from the artist or the artistry of jazz or the beauty of it. It's just, and maybe it's just my preference. I don't know. Uh, when I'm playing music, I want to play what I want to play. If I'm listening to music, sure. I'm going to, and jazz to me is something I really got to be a, again, I got to be a part of it. And to me, be a part of it, I've got to be there. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you totally. Yeah. And then, so you studied jazz, that's when you studied, or you studied jazz guitar, was that? At uh, North Texas State University. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, because you went there and you went back, right? You went there and went back. Yeah, right, yeah. They they changed their name to University of North Texas somewhere in there, but I still can't get over (laughs) that. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) I know. We had it all set. It was all, you arranged the letters, it spelled nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm. I'm an alum from nuts. <laughs> what was it? Well, let's talk about the Jembe Orchestra and how, like, how how did they come to you? Like, I want to do this. 
or did you were you interested in the djembe and you were already playing it and you decided to have an orchestra or you decided to do drums or uh, a drum circle or what was the whole concept of this orchestra thing okay good that's a great question um that started off just me being totally enamored with the instrument and learning to play it and uh, then and I found somebody that that kind of showed me how to start playing it and I got 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 into it that way showed me a few rhythms and uh then I started then I started looking around for people to play with my buddy moved and I said well I don't have anybody to play with so I started holding a a, a, a drum class at our house every Saturday we'd have a potluck me and my partner we both had a djembe and then I and then but, but actually before that I should back up before that my skin and the, the head of the drum broke Whoa. and I had no idea how to fix it. And I didn't know anybody. I was in Memphis at the time and I didn't know anybody that could fix it, except maybe this one buddy that said, oh, I'll give it a shot. And so he actually was able to fix my drum for me, but I was also aware of the fact that I needed to learn how to do this myself. Yeah. So after I learned how to reskin drums, I, I really got into it. I loved the whole process of it. I started skinning i started buying shells and and putting skins on them and then we would have these uh uh drum circles at our house every saturday and so mostly what we lacked was not people with interest but drums so i could provide drums so people started coming because i said uh -huh. yeah I'll for you and eventually i started selling the drums and and this and that and people kept coming back and kept coming back and as I was learning rhythms, I remember coming upon these rhythms that were called Linjin, which I don't know why, I have no idea where they're from or where they even went to from there, but someone taught them to me. And all it was, was a blues shuffle, bump, ba dun da dum da dun you know, yeah. to, like a guitar shuffle, a blues shuffle. I'm like, well, I only know about 9,000 songs that that beat could go with. <laughs> the first one that occurred to me was New Speedway Boogie by the Grateful Dead. Well, good, yeah. One way or another. Do, 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 do. And so I went ahead and said, okay. And, and so I had people keep coming back to my quote unquote class. So I started incorporating stuff like that into it. And people kept sticking. And pretty soon, after about three years of doing this every Saturday, I had about a 30-piece orchestra. And we had about, eh, about four or five numbers that we that we'd all worked on and learned. And it's only three notes. Right. With only three notes, right? Bass, middle, and a, and a, and a bass tone and slap, yeah. and and that was it. Just djembe's at that point, and then uh, after that, by by then, by then it was about the year two thousand, and I moved up to Colorado to further my studies because there was nobody in Memphis that really played this drummer that I could you know go further with. I was just uh -huh. kind of making it up on my own, basically, and not really getting the sound exactly like it was supposed to be, but good enough, right? If you stay, if, if you're one rhythm ahead of everybody, you're the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed one rhythm ahead of everybody. And uh, ultimately, I came up to Colorado and the same thing happened. I, I went out, I actually went out and started, and I would do drum circles. I would start the drum circle, hmm. show up at a park somewhere with a carload of drums and percussion instruments and just say, hey, come on over here and join in. We'd start beating on drums and playing a rhythm. And pretty soon yeah. I had 20, 30 people all that I didn't even know. And I'd hand them out a flyer. And say classes at my house, blah blah blah. And uh, soon, really soon, I had people that wanted to start the orchestra again. And I've had really four orchestras since I've been here in Colorado, over it's four, about, 
four or five year periods of teaching. It's about passion with you. It's oh, gotta yeah. be. It's gotta it be. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have two orchestras that and we have a repertoire of songs like Joy to the World, Big Yellow Taxi, uh, Higher Ground, Stevie Wonder, uh, uh, Beatles Come Together, only we call it Drum Together. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, and we perform all over, you know, we perform at art show, outdoors mainly, but mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of events. And that's that's really what I'm, that's where my main interest is and energy is from now until... I can't do it anymore. So if and you're I doing it, <laughs> well, happy birthday. And I, oh, I, got, I got you a djembe. It's at the store. You got to go pick it up and pay for it. <laughs> and, yeah. you real, and you have real expensive taste. So <laughs> <laughs> don't, send, don't send me the bill. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so if you don't have lyrics, you don't have somebody singing, how do you know? Uh, oh, well, we do have people singing. That, that, right, that's what I'm saying. So you don't you don't really know this is Big Yellow Taxi or this has come together or drum together. Exactly. Unless somebody's doing the vocals. Right, exactly. And I have a woman and another man and myself that all three of us sing and we have three-part harmonies going. And, and I also do things like put Big Yellow Taxi over a rumba rhythm. Interesting. I mix the different styles. So it's a really, really unique kind of world music. And the song that uh, is No More War is, is an original song of mine. I co-wrote it with, with a buddy back like, actually when I lived in Nashville. And I did a whole uh, 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 reggae band arrangement of it with guitar and keyboards and drums and everything. And then when I got to uh, Colorado like about 10 years ago, I was going like, you know, I haven't got any reggae beats in my whole West African repertoire here. And so I took that song and I and I just figured out how to make it all turn into reggae. And uh, that's what you will hear when you hear this. Well, let's pop it on. Let's give it a listen. The name and of the I'm, song I'm, is, and tell me about this before we, we before we play the song No More War. This was done in an NPR Tiny Desk show. Uh, well, it was, it, we entered it into the contest. Oh, okay. Tiny okay. Desk Contest. It was okay. for that. Because I've and, seen and, some incredible artists go through oh, yeah. that, that format and uh, just right. amazing. My my daughter, my youngest daughter is like really into the Tiny Desk shows and she goes, hey, dad, watch this. Hey, dad, watch this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff that she's shared with me I know. knocks me out. You, so, you know, they had over 6,000 entries this year and they only tell you who won. They only tell you who won. So we tell everybody we came in second. <laughs> Why not? What the hell, right? right? How long has that been going on? I'm, I'm just... I'm, I, I'm I think it's been going on for 20 years or so, no if I'm not mistaken, wow. or more. Yeah, I just now got wind of it. A friend of mine turned me on to the link and said, hey, you should, uh, you should apply to this. And so it was a great project for my band, you know, to do. So, uh -huh. And where did yeah. you record or where did you do the show? Uh, well, actually, we just did it a, a private, just a recording where, where, where we rehearse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah. seen people do things in bookstores and libraries and right. auditoriums, yeah. you know. Yeah. You just have to have a tiny desk somewhere. That's exactly it. That's and and we, we had, I think we had the best tiny desk of all the ones I saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you'd have to see the video to see that. I was so. going to say, sadly, this is audio, so we're just going <laughs> right, to listen to it. But this is Greg Hansen and his Jembe Orchestra of Colorado in this song, No More War. One, two.
Written, produced, performed by Greg Hansen and the Djembe Orchestra of Colorado. That's a long name. Yes, I know. I wanted to get people's attention. You know, you know, I'll tell you what I've been fighting for the last or, or dealing with for the last 25 years is calling it a drum circle. Yeah. You call what I do a drum circle. You don't just show up with your with your, you know, uh, shaker and a bell and join in. Right. Everything is very orchestrated and I write all the parts. I've always written all the parts to all my music, actually. Even right down to the, to the kick to the kick and the hi hat. And uh, except Scanson and I were a collaboration, but so in in my in my reggae bands, I wrote all the parts. So that way, when I'd have different people coming through, you know, I never really had one band always. And so I realized early on, if I want to have a consistent sound, I'm going to have to have I'm going to have to be in charge of all the music. So I, I started doing it from then on, and and I have had consistency since then. And so, yeah, I write all the parts. I know everybody's parts. I can remind them real quickly what it is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, in, and in drumming, we I use language to uh, to outline our rhythms. Like the rhythm may be, Funga is a welcome rhythm. Welcome to the village now. Let's play Funga. And we learn to play our rhythms with these words. Okay. So I can cue somebody really quickly if they're, you know, it's an amateur situation. Uh, yeah, except for me, so so I, I it's a lot of conducting. It's really <laughs> clever, though. It's really clever to be able to put those devices together to get them to learn that part. That because that, that that's an easy way to learn. I think it is, and for non musicians, it, it takes them right out of the you know the uh, uh, anxiety zone. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah, it's, I learned that from someone else, and and I found it to be absolutely golden. Well, you know what they say: if you steal from one resource, it's plagiarism. But if you steal from several people, it's research. <laughs> so, i like that so I, do a lot of, I do a lot of research when it comes to music <laughs> so tell us tell us tell us tell us where we can see you, where we can hear you where we can buy your stuff what kind of merch you got what kind of cds you got and, and how do we keep this thing going this is so much fun oh uh, well thanks tom uh well my now my music with scanson and hansen we have a youtube channel and we are also on patreon so you can get you can uh, follow us on patreon scanson and hansen and uh, we're just kind of seek us out there. I think I have I sent the links out. Uh, and so we're on YouTube. We're very available. All the music that we did on there, we because there's a slight little monthly subscription fee, but uh, all of our music is available on Patreon.com. Okay. And YouTube, there's still a lot of videos that are public that you can go and 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 see what we did there. And I'm starting to also put uh, my reggae music up there as well from oh. the past. But as far as what I'm presently doing, uh, we're in Longmont playing at uh, a thing called Art Walk, where they close down downtown and have bands everywhere on the streets. We'll be doing that in September um, and playing. We play fundraisers, a lot of stuff like that. Uh-huh. We don't really have any merch yet. We're uh, heading towards some sort of, uh, there's my oh, drum right there. Love that. There's love one that. of t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we're, it's a community organization. So we we uh, we play for people's gardens. Oh, you know, wow. we have drum uh-huh. drum grown food. Uh, we play for funerals, weddings, uh, uh, of course, uh, our art shows. What else have we been doing? Yeah, a lot of fundraisers. We love to do fundraisers. We uh, rehearse at a church. Uh, one of my orchestras rehearses at a church every Sunday afternoon. And we do fundraisers for them kind of in trade for for being able to hang out there. And uh, that's been really great. So I use I like to do that. Like I say, uh, as far as my 
I make my living teaching. And so I love to take my students out, out of the classroom and they're excited. I mean, here's people that, you know, are in their sixties and seventies, same age, you know, same age range, 50 to seventies uh -huh. and mostly women. Really? 85 to 90% women. And it's always been that way. It's like the women are reclaiming the drum yeah. after men <laughs> savagely stole it from them throughout history. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself is, is another show. That is. I'll tell you. Maybe you come on and talk history of music with me someday, man. It's, it's oh, I'd love to. I would love to. Uh, website, communityvan.com. Um, let's see, my website is communitydrums.com, yeah, okay. but mainly my djembe orchestras of Colorado Facebook is really where to keep in touch with us. And, and, and for those that may not know, djembe is DJ. -E right. D-J-E-M-B-E, -E, right. And it's a djembe a... community orchestra of Colorado on Facebook? Uh, actually, it's djembe orchestras of Colorado. Okay. Okay. And plural orchestras. Yeah. Orchestras, plural. Greg, this time goes too quick. It I, does, Tom. I, I, I love shows like this that go this quickly because I'm just so enrolled in everything you have to say. And it's just fascinating. And uh, one of the, I, I'm serious, maybe next season we'll get you on and we'll talk about the history of West African music because you're just so knowledgeable. Oh, I'd love and to. I'd love that to. would be cool. Let's be in touch. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. All right, man. We've been with Greg, Greg Hansen and the Gemma Orchestra of Colorado. Join us tomorrow, Bryce Evans and the Black Cats on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.